1: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, and of course, the queen of soft style, it's Miranda Morales. And we are back for a new edition of the show. Thank you to all of you who listened to the best of the Hashtag Miranda show last week. It was very awesome to handpick some of my favorite segments and share them all with you. But, you know, now we're back. The the world is still spinning. Things are happening. So I'm I'm back here this week with my co-host, the guy on the other screen that you're seeing right there, Greg DeMarco. Wildcard!
2: I figured there'd be an opportunity to play the wild card soundbite while you were introing, and it just wasn't there. And then I pushed the button, and I meant to go down to Adam Cole, there but yeah, didn't. But just- I got to Adam Cole eventually because all roads lead to Adam Cole, all baby. Roads
1: lead to Adam Cole,
2: title or not, I don't care. All roads lead to Adam Cole, baby. That's why there was no show last week. Let's be honest, there was no show last week because I had to recover from the title loss of one. Adam Servius Cole. I don't know what his middle name is. So No,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know. Adam don't...
1: Adam Cole? You think Adam is also his middle name?
2: Adam Adam Cole?
1: Yeah. Maybe Cole's
2: his middle name and Bebe is his last oh.
1: name. Oh. Yeah.
2: If not, then Cole dash Bebe is a hyphenated last name. Like, it's part of the name. It's, I don't let me let me do let me do the Miranda clap. It's part of the name.
1: <laughs> I mean I feel like the context is there. Maybe the execution was a little off, but I you know what? I'm um, I think it was still a great effort. You, you know, got to start
2: somewhere. I can't just, yes. if I nail it on day one, where's the fun in that? We need weeks and weeks of practice.
1: I don't think you could if you tried to nail it on. I think you tried to nail it on day one and it just wasn't happening. I still but gave I it I my best effort. effort.
2: Yeah, I still gave it. I'm saying that I didn't do it very well. What I'm saying is I shouldn't be able to do it very well. I don't have the years of experience that you do doing the that Miranda clap. And, so and you got to start it's, somewhere. It's
1: a, it's a mix of practice uh, dedication, a little bit, you know, of just something within you. When you feel it, you feel it. You're making such a solid point. Something is just coming. Like it's, it's, it's an idea. A thought is just coming to your mind that, that it's just too much for you to say the clap, you know, goes well, with it.
2: there's no more solid point for me to make than a point about Adam Cole. So I got that part. I guess I need the other parts still.
1: Yes, yeah, it will come together. I, I feel like you have a lot of great potential. Um, I feel like you have a lot of heart, and so you know, just keep on at it and I stay
2: tuned. With with stay us. tuned yeah. to the hashtag Miranda Show as Greg works on the Miranda Clap in future yeah. editions well, of the program.
0: This is such good uh, shit.
1: So, with a new episode of this show we also have a few new things we have a new uh theme song new welcome song whatever you want to call it um and this actually came about uh i'd like to you know think of myself as a pioneer and apparently there was a lot of things that uh have come while we have decided to move this show not only in audio from audio form you know to video form and because of that we've discovered mainly gray has discovered that uh when you put a a video on youtube um there are some issues with you know songs that are copyrighted that you cannot have play in the video and if people um, might
2: want to think back two weeks three weeks ago uh two weeks ago we may have played your so vain like 14 times during that episode of the hashtag we show and i think i got an email for every <laughs> single occurrence of it so yeah, it was, uh it was, so that episode exists, it is still on YouTube, there's a whole lot of dead spots in it, a whole lot of points where YouTube tried to take out the audio, like the background audio, but keep us talking, like they tried, I'll give them credit, like you tried YouTube, they tried. but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's out there, you can listen, you can enjoy and see what happens when you use way too much copyrighted material on a YouTube video, um, So Um, you live and learn live and learn that's why we have the the brilliant opening song that that we have now and I mean come on there's just nothing better than it wait that's the wrong part of it come on like how amazing is that wait for it wait for it and drop it in
1: and yeah DJ Gray here. That's, that's, that's what, what I, I felt heard. like.
2: I mean, I used Audacity and edited files together. It's not like I was really spinning anything. But everything you heard there, royalty free and good to use on a podcast, just like the new opening of the Greg DeMarco show. So yeah. Been doing this for over nine years and you still learn something new every day.
1: You learn day. you learn something new every day. So uh yeah, we, we are back. New episode, new theme song. Uh, New things happening all around. But before we get into all of that, just a reminder for all of you listeners and viewers that you can go to TheChairShot.com, which is your source for reliable wrestling.
0: Always use your head. There was a slight
2: pause. You paused Slightly. And I don't I, mean
1: I paused. Maybe it was like a bad, you know, internet connection. Well, that's entirely um, so
2: possible with you. That yes.
1: is also, yeah, very, very possible with me. I'm actually recording this from my phone this week uh, because of the fact that usually my internet reception um, through my computer is terrible. So if I look a little different, it is because I'm recording this on my phone. I'm hoping that, you know, there's uh mm- <laughs>
2: what's really funny is when you do that, that's when you freeze up when you're talking about recording on your phone and how it should be better. That's when you freeze. And so I now have to filibuster until you come back and for your, Oh, there you go. You're back. So, so the irony of it all was that you froze up while talking about how much better this should be.
1: Yeah, no, the, the aliens are listening. That's why they, they know know,
2: as crazy and out West as Arizona is, if aliens were to come to Arizona, I think Tucson's got to be in, like, the top two locations they would show up. Yeah. Really
1: no. What's number one, then?
2: Um, some faraway town, like like some deserted area. Mm-hmm. I know most people think I'm describing Tucson. I'm uh, not. It's, like, 800,000 no, people.
1: No. It? There's, there's plenty of people. It's just that people like Greg and many people. And that's also why, you know, we became number one uh, in, you know, coronavirus cases is Phoenix. Phoenix this is Phoenix. I and mean, no, you're Pinal, Pinal, Pinal County's got
2: a pretty high rate, too. Don't, don't pretend like it doesn't.
1: But who's number one? Who's oh, number Maricopa one? Oh, Maricopa County
2: is, of course. I mean, the biggest county in the state, like, of course, it's going to be. Exactly. We need to dig Long into some percentages, but we'll do that later because this is a math-free program. Unless you decided true, to enact yeah. a Miranda right, and now suddenly we got to do math. I don't know.
1: No, but why would I do something that ridiculous? Before
2: I screwed up, you were talking about this amazing website that this show has to be a part of. That I might be, you know, the guy behind.
1: Yes, uh, you are the kingpin uh, of the Chairshot.com. Uh, your source for reliable wrestling news, analysis, and opinions.
0: The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head.
1: And this podcast is part of the ChairShot Radio Network um, that has expanded. They have added a new uh, podcast that is MMA-focused, and there's been some shifting of shows. So uh, new content published daily, some wrestling, most of the wrestling, and then some non-wrestling-related. So if you want to get your uh, geek on or MMA on, M M A on you can find that through the ChairShot Radio Network available on the chairshot.com. The ChairShot.com. Always use your head.
2: That is the five rounds podcast, which is now on Tuesdays. And of course you can hear bandwagon nerds now on Mondays. A winner is you on Friday still. Yeah, there pretty much every single day we're trying to have content that's not wrestling or related, but would still appeal to you, the wrestling fan.
1: And also this podcast and other podcasts are available through uh different podcast streaming platforms such as Google Play, iTunes, um what are the other ones?
2: Spotify. Spotify. You listen to podcasts on Spotify. How could you forget Spotify? Um I know
1: I do.
2: Spotify, there's a, oh iHeart, those are the big four. Google, Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Like those are the big four that that you know, there's other ones out there. Um, like Spreaker and Pod Bay, which you, Pod Bean, which you always love to bring up, which I'm like, what is even is that? I don't know. Um, but there's lots of them. Anywhere that you can said- listen to a podcast, you can listen to these podcasts.
1: And also just uh, to keep in mind that you can subscribe and rate all of these shows, including this one. So please let us know what you think of the show. Please rate, and subscribe, give us feedback, let us know what you like, what you don't like, uh, because we're always interested in knowing. And on top of that, you can follow us on social media. The chair shot is available at chair media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Me, Miranda Morales. Well, I'm not on Twitter that's why I'm the Twitterless heroine that that's my whole thing I uh, it, okay so it was my thing it still is my thing We'll talk about it in a second but I did go on Twitter again I was on the chair shots Twitter this past Saturday covering slam anniversary uh, and it's Twitter is exhausting I, I logged off Twitter after slam anniversary completely exhausted just like ready to zone out because I, I, you know, it was fun. I learned some new things, but it's a lot to like tweet and watch things. I know that sounds like such an old person thing to say, but uh, it's, it's, I am intentionally not on Twitter. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. And Greg, well, he's all over social media. Uh, he is at Greg on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Not on TikTok. Not on MySpace. Uh, not on uh, WhatsApp. I don't. I don't know any of those.
2: <laughs> WhatsApp is not a social media platform.
1: It's not a social media platform. It is a. Can you even get platform. on
2: MySpace? Let me say It's MySpace.
1: I've seen some people who got messages about MySpace recently.
2: I'm, I'm trying to load it up right now. It's being a little slow. It might be because I'm recording things in multiple fashions at the same time on my computer.
1: Yeah, it's fine. So you know, I'm not, I'm just going to close that
2: tab and pretend that never happened because what I don't want to do is pull a Tucson and something go wrong. So yeah, I'm just going to just leave it be for now and and let the show record. Yes, Let's go
0: with that.
1: that's fine. Let's go with that. But you don't, you know, just don't try to find Greg on MySpace. Someone <laughs> hopefully Please. don't make a MySpace account for Greg either because that would be.
2: It would be. That, I mean, there are multiple Twitter accounts for me. Yeah, look up Greg DeMarco show without a W. It's there. There's a couple of them that people have used an old handle of mine. They took it over They have like one follower never did anything with it. But the thought was there. I'm good enough to have a couple fake Twitter accounts. I will take that.
1: That's, you know, like, you know, when you made it, when there's several fake Twitter accounts on you. Does that That's mean I made it? <laughs> Does speakers.
2: that mean I made it?
1: Yeah, you made it somewhere. I don't know where. I, I didn't I didn't clarify where you made it. I just, True. you made it to somewhere. People love me. Uh, well, while you're making it to somewhere, you can also go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt. I myself am repping my own shirt. Is ooh, the Queen of Soft Style shirt, as I try and get up in my small space. But yes, Queen of Soft Style shirt. <laughs> my shirt that is available on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the cheer shot. T-shirts there start at $19.99, and there are t- over 25 different designs you can choose from, different colors, and of course, different styles. This is the V-neck Soft Style shirt that i enjoy i've been wearing it all day it's been very comfortable you can see behind greg he has two shirts as well always use your head always use your head always use your head i gotta get more pro pro i know
2: i only have only use your head shirts i need some chair shot logo shirts or something i'll, I'll yes. work on it
1: yes and well you always use your head by going to pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt today that is pro forward slash the chair
2: shot. Can, can we tell him about the one of the newest shirts can we tell them can we tell them
1: yes yes of course of, i'm excited of, of course
2: i'm not as yeah. excited uh, i'm not going to cry about it like somebody may have done back in december when she realized her shirt was going to be available for sale
1: i don't i Sinti's. don't recall anything it probably it's, was winter allergies uh I oh maybe have heard about that but it's yeah
2: it's, especially yeah. in arizona help yeah, i definitely yeah. do definitely have out of that lots
1: of lots of pollen that's right. That's right.
2: Add it to your script though, Miranda for next week, because if you go over to pro dot forward slash the chair shot, you can hate me too with your, everybody hates Greg shirt over at pro dot forward slash the chair shot. Now I teased Miranda with this design months ago and she said she was going to get two. So, now she's on the hook for, for two t-shirts for some reason and why she Damn needs me. two of the same. I mean, you bought two Queen of Softile t-shirts at some point in your well,
1: life. Well, so. I lost one. So maybe that's why I said of I Of all the shirts two, you could I lose you
2: lost your own. Like,
1: I, I honestly don't know what happened to it. I don't know. Maybe it's, okay. it's stuck behind somewhere that I haven't seen in a while. I'm not sure, but it happens. It but, does happen. You know, I, I am going to be very excited to rep my uh, Everyone Hates Greg shirt because, you know, I personally don't hate Greg, but I know everybody else does. So, so why not, right? like it's just, yeah.
2: That's right. Do it. Hate Me, buy the shirt. Everybody Hates Greg, uh, buy any of the shirt. There's so many of them. A Winner Is You, a P- new podcast, now has a new shirt they designed themselves. Patrick Shirley been bugging me to get him a Bandwagon Nerd shirt, so I'm going to do that just because, you know, it's what I do. But no, I'm very excited about everything that we have out there, so... Go check it out. Pick up, and everybody hates Greg shirt, pick up a queen of soft style shirt, pick up one of the other designs, pick one, get it in soft style. It is definitely, I mean, I'm wearing, the shirt I'm wearing now is not a chair shot t-shirt, but it is a soft style t-shirt. Like I, it's the only thing.
1: Okay. That's acceptable. That I get. I'll yes. allow it.
2: Yeah. I, I tweeted in, 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 about this brand of shirt that I'm wearing a couple weeks ago and I swear by it now. It's, it's one of my new finds uh, of, of, you know, having to buy new clothes. There's a little shirt company out there called Into the AM, I N T O T A G A M. Amazing t shirts. Just I'm not getting paid for saying this. Amazing t shirts. No. Go out there and buy them. And you can get like three for 40 or something like that. It's a great deal. They have discounts all the time. So go check it out. Into the AM.com. Tell them Greg DeMarco sent you. They don't know who I am. But I mean they retweeted me, but that's about it. Well,
1: that sounds very interesting. I'm going to stick to my Queen of Soft Style shirt as my shirt, but you know, to each is Well, own. I feel like
2: I, I thought about wearing one of these shirts while we're recording, but then what the hell would I hang up behind me? So
1: yeah, uh, it's kind well, of a conundrum. Then it would just be weird for you. And like, yeah. I'd feel really bad for you.
2: And yeah. enough of this is weird for me as it is. So why just pile on more?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Shit, so. This whole thing is really weird for you and very normal for me. I'm comfortable. <laughs> I'm comfortable in my soft style shirt being weird as hell. Welcome. Welcome. So, This week, this weekend, actually, we had two pay-per-views, a very loaded weekend in professional wrestling. On Saturday night, we had Impact Wrestling presenting Slammiversary, um, this was their first show and in, in several, or pay-per-view, uh, in several months, they have still been running. There's been some people who didn't even know impact still had weekly shows. I don't blame you. It's been hard to keep track. They are on access TV. Not a lot of people uh, have that channel, but I know they've moved around over the past few years. They found a stable home, um, on access TV for quite a while now. So good for them. Um, and during the pandemic, they have been airing weekly TV shows, um, uh, every Tuesday night uh on access. So uh I mean this airs on Tuesday we record on Tuesday. We record so on Tuesdays.
2: But because yeah, we're, we're on Western on time, time, they are on Eastern time. That's the one, the great thing about living on the West Coast is everything's off T V by the time we do stuff like this. So it's great. Yes.
1: So it doesn't doesn't really matter. But by the time you're listening to this, you know, if you didn't know, you can go access TV uh, to to watch Impact. Also, the they
2: also stream it on Twitch live still. Oh, yeah. Um And, and you know, I don't know. I, I get earlier. I'm not even going to say what I get. For, never mind. Protein. <laughs> I almost pulled the curtain back too far. Pulling it, putting it back now.
1: So, so, I, I want to provide a little context because I don't always talk about Impact Wrestling, but it's actually a show I watch. I actually watch on a weekly basis. I do this because I do an impact review uh, with N- Niger Chambers, who is part of Big Gold Belt Media. Uh, we record a weekly show uh, that's available on YouTube. You can go check out Big Gold Belt um, You can check out Big Gold, Medi- Big Gold Belt Media on uh, YouTube. And you know different different show um but I've actually been watching Impact probably more regularly than any other product because of this. It's kind of forced me to watch the product a little bit more. So going into Slammiversary, I was actually very excited. I've been watching pretty consistently for the past few months, and there was a lot of storytelling going on. A lot of announcements made and teasers that uh, they had, uh, especially about a lot of the WWE talent that was released back in March. Um, and a lot of teasers that some of them may be showing up at Impact. So there was a big buildup to Slammiversary um and you know a lot of fans didn't know what to expect i think with this pandemic right now too there's just a lot less options available local shows are not running other big promotions are not running still and of course it's on a saturday night so you know most people's saturday nights are pretty, pretty free. So uh, not only uh, did I I watch the show, but I also live tweeted my thoughts about the show on the chair shots Twitter account, which is at chair Shop media. Again, it was an exhausting process, but a lot of fun. And I wanted to talk more about this because I think the overall consensus for this show was that it was so much better than what people expected. And I've been watching enough to kind of have a good feeling about this, but in comparison with the other show that happened on Sunday that we'll talk about in a little bit, it seemed like, it was a breath of fresh air and actually something pretty exciting for impact. I, as I've been watching more of the show, I have been rooting for it as a little engine that could. Um, I also have been watching it more regularly since going to hard to kill back in January in Dallas, Texas. Um, that was my very first live impact event and for it to be a pay-per-view for it to be the big show that it was, you know, it got me invested in that. So, um, Going into the match or going into the night itself, there was a lot of speculation about who was going to show up. And we had a few uh, surprises and maybe some not surprises. Uh, The first surprise of the night was the Motor City Machine Guns making their return. um, After almost 10 years.
2: Yeah. I mean, they've been back like as a one-off here and there, but as consistent performers, it's been a long time.
1: Yes. Yes. They answered uh, the Rascals' open challenge. They won, and that really, for me, set the tone of the night um, with all of the prizes, all of the energy. Um, Greg, you definitely were probably more of a follower of TNA or Impact at the Earth. TNA at the time. Impact now, when the Motor City Machine Guns really were active at that time, what what was your reaction when you had heard that they were they you know came back?
2: I was excited. It's weird because sometimes retreads get the retread treatment and sometimes retreads are exciting. I am excited that the Motor City Machine Guns are back. Look, look, they're, you know, they were last consistently in Impact Wrestling 10 years ago. There's a definite limitation on what they could do now versus what they could do then. And, And, you know. Both had retired at different points in their lives and now they're back. And, and Chris Saban had actually been working backstage for Impact Wrestling, which a lot of people don't know. Um, and Alex Shelley, I mean, earlier this year, maybe it was late last year. I don't know. Alex Shelley was in NXT teaming with Kushida as part of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. So he's been all over the place. There are rumors he was going to go back to Ring of Honor. Of course they showed up in Impact Wrestling and I was excited though. I was excited when I, when I saw it. Um, I was tuning in and out when, when Slammiversary was live, ended up watching more of it, um, in in post, but ended up seeing the whole thing, but it's, yeah, it was exciting to see them. They they definitely, you know, despite the, the, the years that they have on them, haven't missed a beat, haven't missed a step and very excited to see, uh, what they're going to do moving forward. Obviously, you know, spoiler alert, gonna have to be a big part of the company moving forward based on what happened today on impact wrestling. But, uh, it's, uh, very exciting to have them back and, and, you know, love both guys as performers. Chris Saban. It's funny because there was an article that I read, and and someone was talking about. They were listing all the accolades of both Motor City and Machine Gun, and they left out the fact that Chris Sabin is the former TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Like that was like I was the only person in the world who predicted that Austin Aries was going to cash in when he cashed in Option C would win the title. Um, no one thought they would pull the trigger with Saban over Bully Ray, and yet they did. Um, and that was a great moment for impact wrestling and, and Chris Sabin's a part of TNA history forever and part of impact wrestling history forever. Some amazing matches going back to the early, early first year of the company that Saban was a part of. And Shelly is one of the most popular and, uh, beloved wrestlers in the world. So great pickup for them. Totally blindsided people by it. Cause it's not like they were yeah. ex WWE guys. I think a lot of people thought that challenge would be answered by Gallows and Anderson. Um, I mean, had you asked me to rank them, I would have said it was more likely that Primo and Epico would show up versus, you know, I thought we'd get the colognes before we got the Motor City machine guns. Happily wrong. Happily wrong.
1: Yes. And, and you're right. Uh, we'll leave, you know, this spoiler free for Tuesday nights. But uh, there's been some changes happening in the tag division over at Impact Wrestling. I think all for the better. Um, because the, no, you
0: disagree.
2: Can we, can we say the spoiler now so I can disagree with you? Can we at least share the spoiler? So I can disagree. Uh, You're partially frozen. Okay. You're not frozen anymore. Um, can we tell people what happened so I can then complain about it?
1: Yes. I think that's
2: fair. The Motor City Machine Guns beat the North in their first title opportunity Tuesday night on Impact Wrestling. Um, and I don't think that the Motor City Machine Guns being the... Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championships is a bad thing. I think them beating the North in their first shot is a bad thing because I think as popular as the machine guns are and as great of a tandem as the North is and the heel heat they generate and everything that they have going on, I would have loved to have seen a longer term program that culminated in the Motor City Machine Guns winning the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championships. Now both members of the North are Canadian. I don't know if there's any travel restrictions and maybe they got to go back to Canada for a while and be off TV. I don't know if that's a consideration in all of this. But taking that away for a second, if I had, you know, my playlist, my way, I would have preferred to see a feud between the two teams that culminated in the machine guns winning. To me, it's a little hot shot booking. But you know what? The machine guns are over, still over after all these years. So as a booker and a promoter, I guess I can't knock it. Even though as a storyteller, I would have drawn it out a little bit.
1: Well, I I wanted to say that I think that the change is good for the tag division, Um, or. You know, maybe I I do agree with the fact that I wish that this was extended longer. They did announce during this show that Bound for Glory is going to be happening in October. So that's kind of the next goalpost that they have. And so now with all of this booking that's happening, I would have liked to see something really culminate at Bound for Glory. Um, But I do think their presence um, in the tag division and even just the shift with the titles changing kind of livens and freshens up the tag division. The North have been champs for a, a little over a year so and they have really gone through every combination of people uh possible you know they don't have a very in-depth tag roster um and even you know on uh, at slammiversary they defeated the team of ken shamrock and sam Allian, you know a, a team that was just put together very recently so there really wasn't anything left for them to do i do feel like this breathes a little bit of fresh air into the division and also into the north um i do foresee the north you know, becoming tag champions again. I don't know when, but I know that they're going to get it. And just the fact that there's money in that chase again, it doesn't bother me as much. But I just think that the presence of the Motor Motor City Machine Guns, the changing of titles is good for the direction of the division.
2: I agree with you in in the long term. I think it's good. I also, again, this is, you know, Slammiversary impacted by a lot of things, not just COVID-19, but also speaking out movement. There's a good chance the North was probably going to wrestle Joey Ryan and Rob Van Dam at Slammiversary. And of course that couldn't happen, just like the, the results of the main event was probably changed by Michael Elgin not being there. So, um, who knows? And, and, you know, sometimes you just got to one up what, what you originally had planned. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, the North, I think, doesn't get the credit they deserve as yeah. one of the best tag teams in the world. They were Impact yeah. Wrestling's longest reigning champions in history before they lost these belts, um, and they had only recently beat out Taya Valkyrie as the longest reigning champion in history, because as long as she was a knockout champion. So they're forever entrenched in that company's history, and I do I agree with you. I think they'll be champions again, but hey, now we got the machine guns, and let's see what happens.
1: Well, speaking of the main event, uh, two returns that we saw. Well, I, I was gonna say one plus another one after, uh, well, a few. So let me explain. We had an event, it's gonna be 85 way change after, um, Tessa Blanchard was let go, and also Michael Elgin was uh, no longer put on TV. They made it into a four-way. Of course, Eddie Edwards, Trey Miguel, and Ace Austin, plus a mystery fourth. Well, when that mystery fourth time came around, um, you know, it felt kind of underwhelming when this... uh, fourth person came out um which was rich swan we saw him earlier in the night he had talked about you know recovering from his leg injury and that he was ready to get back in the ring soon we didn't realize how soon when he was announced as the fourth i think a lot of us as you know you've called it before we book ourselves into a corner uh, fantasy book ourselves into a corner and anyone that wasn't who fans had originally you know wanted to see which was ec3 what it was it wasn't going to be good. Um I do feel like there was a swerve on top of that where uh we did end up getting a fifth person in that match with Eric Young um looking fairly different than we've seen him before. I know for me with no hair, no hair. Like it's all it's all gone. So it took a second to for, for things to click as to oh that is Eric Young. But you know it it was a nice addition. I feel like it did add to the match having the aggression of Eric Young there having the history of him. And also, I mean, Eddie Edwards uh, with the, the, the history that he's had with that company too, just to have kind of another senior Statesman there really show, you know, just what the legacy of both of their careers, but how much this title truly meant to the company. Um, your winner of that match was uh, Eddie Edwards. He is now the new impact champion, I see why they did that. I think it was a fairly safe bet. Stability is what they need with that world championship. They haven't had it for months because it wasn't uh, regularly seen on television. And it's someone who's been with the company for such a long time. Also, you know, a very solid, well-known face. Uh, and, you know, based off of what happened uh, with this week's episode as well, Eddie Edwards is reinstating, not reinstating, but he's instating a open challenge where he's going to face people. And that, you know, we, we're, we're seeing it done in AEW, we've seen it done um, in WWE many times, and it works fairly well when you have a face do an open challenge it it brings good energy it's uh, you know able to showcase talent um so you know lots of of positive things with that you know but I I was really rooting for Ace Austin you know I I really feel like that would have been such an innovative decision for the company to go with he's young he's done such a short amount uh, he's only been with the company just a, a few years and the fact that he has done so much I think really would have set the world on fire i think eddie edwards was a safe choice and maybe one that they needed to make but i think if they really just wanted to put things in a different direction they should have gone with ace austin um what what were your thoughts i i remember seeing on twitter you had kind of a similar thought with ace austin
2: I did. I, I thought, and had we previewed the show, I would have been, been pulling for them to put the belt on ASOS. And first of all, had all the crazy stuff, not gone down, Michael Elgin would have left with that belt. Like that's what was going to happen. Um, And they had built him up to that point. They didn't really build up Ace Austin. So I get that. And that was an argument that was posed to me today. Um, But I do uh, kind of agree with you. Like he's a homegrown star, homegrown star or somebody that they've built. Uh, Maybe he's not ready. I get that. But, and maybe his reign could have been underwhelming. Like there's a lot of risk involved with it. And maybe now it's not the time for risk. Uh, So, so I kind of see it. I mean, Eddie Edwards, it's interesting because he's now a four time world champion. Eddie Edwards, was a ring of honor world champion, which was shocking when that happened. He won the GHC world heavyweight championship in pro wrestling. No, it was shocking when that happened. And the first time he won the impact world championship, it was shocking when it happened. Like yeah. every time he wins a world title, everybody's surprised, yeah. except this time. I think he was the safe bet. And, and, and I think, you know, and, and he provided a good, you know, segue for Gallows and Anderson to come into the company as faces as well. So I get it. It is a safe bet. The open challenge thing. I don't love it just because it's guys. It's, open challenge like when John Cena did it years ago it was kind of a uh, not a new thing but something that we hadn't seen in a while so it was fun now it's everywhere everybody's doing open challenges so it just seems a little like maybe yeah. you could have come up with something better um, I think it actually suits Eddie Edwards from a personality perspective but it's being overdone and and that's yeah. a, a, a rare misstep I, that Impact yeah. Wrestling had kind of like think, interviewing Rich Swan before he came out you know that was a misstep too in my opinion
1: <laughs> yes no I, I agree i I was not a fan of, of of that particular segment. I think compared to some of the others, like, I don't think as much as I can appreciate what AEW is doing with their open challenge, I don't think it's necessary. I think that they should be actually building more of a feud with Cody against someone else. I do like, again, it's a showcase to bring in, especially people outside of the organization. You know, I, I like that concept, but out of those who are currently doing it right now, I also think impact needs that presence of the world championship back on TV. Um, it hasn't been on TV for, for months and it kind of lost a little bit of its luster. So I understand why they're doing it. And I think that it's, it, it isn't a terrible move because ultimately it does seem like, you know, the roads are, are leading to, um, eddie edwards and possibly eric young um further down the road so you got to do something you know in the meantime to uh keep some story going um and also look you know have eddie look like a strong champion you did mention doc gallows and carl anderson they came out at the end of the match to help out eddie edwards um they seem to be starting something with ace austin and madman fulton which you know i think a lot of people were very surprised that doc and um gallows and carl anderson came out and more with the main event scene than the tag team division but it seems like that was probably one of the reasons why they wanted to go to impact and and shift away from just tag team and do something more different and creative so hey more power to them it seems like it's a it's a really good fit i do want to talk about the end scene of that night which saw ec3 because that was the person that people really wanted to see that night and the fact that they didn't they decided not to put him um, on the show instead having just his little vignette happen at the end of the show was a gamble, but I think it was a smart gamble uh, because it, you know, we did end up seeing him later on, on this week's episode of impact. So drawing more fans to the show on a weekly basis, which is, you know, uh, one of the, the big roles of what this pay-per-view was meant to do, you know, not only was it meant to, you know, make money, but as a way to bring in more people into the product on a weekly basis. Is that your thought as well? Do you think it was a mistake that they didn't have them on the show or do you kind of agree with the direction they, they went with?
2: I agree with the direction they went with for a couple of different reasons. Number one, no fans in the building. So the, the pop that you, you would have gotten isn't there anyway. Uh, and, and so that's not a loss from that perspective. Number two, he had been telling his story through those videos and and had did a great job uh, on those videos that were being posted on social media and this kind of paid that off um could they maybe have faded to black and then he showed up or something maybe but you already did so much you crowned a world champion you had the post-match angle with doc gallows and carl anderson and, and ace austin and madman Fulton. i i think keeping him to the vignette was fine and then having him show up on impact wrestling later works for me as well um that doesn't change my excitement level, level for EC3 to be back in Impact Wrestling. I know a lot of people were thinking AEW, possibly Ring of Honor. This is where the guy excelled. This is where the guy did his best work. This is the company that gave him the best chance. I know it's under different leadership now. It's funny that he's EC3 and, and Dixie's not even there. Uh, maybe we get Dixie again. Who knows? I got a soft spot in my heart for Dixie Carter. What can I say? Uh, you know, Bring her out. Let's have some fun with Dixie Carter. But... Uh, come on. How much fun would that be if Dixie Carter shows up on Impact Wrestling? But at the same time, I think this is the best opportunity for EC3 to, to excel and, and to, to make something of himself again in, in Impact Wrestling. It just didn't work in WWE. Like, there's no reason I can give you. There's nothing that we can really say. It just never worked. He didn't fit in NXT. He never really got a shot at the main roster. He had some injury and concussion issues. And now he's had a chance to reinvent himself. And I'm here for it. That's kind of what, impact wrestling is all about and i'm excited about it i I think it's gonna be great um if if he was gonna be the fourth or fifth man in the match he would have had to win it i think otherwise i think it would have been a letdown um and so the way they did it i'm perfectly fine short of him winning the title on that show i'm perfectly fine with how they did it
1: yeah same here there were also two title two other title changes that occurred at Slammiversary. Uh, the first one we had was Chris Bay winning the X Division Championship from Willie Mack. Um, and based off of Again, what's happening this Tuesday, uh, this past Tuesday's episode, it does seem like they are going to be running with Chris Bay as their X division champion. Um, and, you know, this was one of the things that because we didn't get the chance to see Willie Mac and more matches over the past few months, you know, that title reign just felt very short. But, you know, it seems like overall. With everything that's happened with Slammiversary, they're really turning a new page, um, and that means with new champions. So I think it does make sense that uh, they they now you know move this belt onto Chris Bay. Uh, I think it will be very exciting for the X Division, um, and it just leaves you know a lot of room for new contenders.
2: It does, uh, and I'm excited for that for the X Division, and Chris Bay definitely fits the division. I'm worried about what this means for Willie Mack. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Willie Mack fan to me. I think yeah. he can be a dusty Rhodes like character. My ideal fantasy booking would have been a heel coming at a slam anniversary as champion feuding with Willie Mack. I think that it could be an opportunity to elevate Willie Mack. I just think there's money in Willie Mack. I think his run in Lucha underground proved that it never happened in WWE. He, he signed once and then they pulled it uh, supposedly due to medical issues. Who knows? Um, I was so excited when he got this opportunity with impact wrestling. I think it's a good fit for him. And I just really hope this isn't really, I hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle with everybody coming in mm-hmm. and everything that's happening. I think that Willie Mack has so much potential and that impact wrestling is the perfect company for it. And I think he can make money for him. I really think
1: yes. when they get
2: back to having shows in front of fans, Willie Mack can draw.
1: Willie Mack's matches are something else to watch mm-hmm. in person. I, I think, testify i will preach to the you know that was one of the biggest takes takeaways i had when i was there live for hard to kill when he did that two-on-one match versus the north that and i've seen him wrestle here you know in arizona uh, but it was something about that match something about the chemistry something about his, his athleticism all of it i it, it was something just beyond words and so i absolutely agreed that when hopefully when we have live crowds again, he can draw. He can have some oh, of yeah. the best matches of the night. I kind of expected that to be the match of the night. However, I think the title ended up going to the Knockouts uh, Championship match with Diana Perazzo and Jordan Grace. That match surpassed the expectations I had, and not to say that I didn't have any. I just didn't. I haven't really watched either Jordan Grace or Diana Perazzo wrestle very much. I know they haven't Deanna been probably, on
2: much. Like Jordan yeah, Grace hasn't, hasn't really been, been on much. On. Yeah, like and same it-
1: thing with Diana. I mean, she didn't wrestle. She wrestled a little bit uh, with NXT. She made, I believe, a, a an appearance on Raw mm-hmm. not too long ago, but haven't really seen her wrestle much uh, since then. And she's been with Impact Wrestling for just two months and has been catapulted straight to the top of the Knockouts division. And this match itself, even though it's had kind of a short build, even though two months is fairly long in some ways, it's a kind of short. Um, did a fantastic job with the, the ring psychology that Deanna did as far as, you know, being really more technical while Jordan Grace is just more of a powerhouse um, everything that Jordan uh, tried to do to put Deanna down with that brute strength, you know, Deanna had uh, some kind of way to maneuver out of it. And so I just thought it was, it was truly one of the best women's matches of this year. Um, and one of the best ones I've seen an impact in a long, long time um and that's a fantastic because one thing i did tweet about you know impact wrestling was you know there was a big celebration this week about the this last week about the women's evolution and you know what that meant to wwe and and professional wrestling but i don't think impact has ever truly gotten the credit it's deserved because it's really grown as a division as well even though they still keep this tie as as the knockouts that division has grown into one of the best women's division in all of pro wrestling, and they've made again. I mean, you talked about Ty of Valkyrie there now, Kylie Ray. um, You have, you have a, a, a young roster, not only wrestle but has has uh, just a. Uh, a big dynamic on the company. Um and this was just really good storytelling, really good wrestling.
2: I agree fully. And it's funny because as much as I don't like William Mack already losing the exhibition championship, I was totally fine with Jordan Grace losing the knockout championship. I just Diana Parrazzo just strikes me as a champion, you know, and and I feel like the move to Impact Wrestling was a smart move for her. Um, I know people thought, you know, Ring of Honor, AEW. I could give you a million and a half reasons why that was never going to happen, but I'll save that for another time, another place.
1: Yeah, not, um, for, this, not for this one.
2: Not for this one, not no. For
1: this, um, um,
2: But it, at the same time, it's just, you know, she fits. It made sense. Jordan Grace – I almost feel like she's a bit of a division killer in the knockouts division just because of how good she is and how powerful she is. Maybe she can slide into the Tessa Blanchard spot and the Tessa Blanchard's gone. I don't know what we do there, but I think that Deanna Parrazzo coming in, becoming the knockouts champion was, was a great call. Um, my only concern is that she's not under contract. That's a bit concerning to me because she could literally show up anywhere. She could show up on NXT on Wednesday. She literally is not under contract and could show up anywhere. With that knockout championship i don't think she will especially in this day and age in pro wrestling um and honestly if you showed up on aew that would only help impact wrestling but uh, yeah it just to me that just seems a little bit weird we've been down that road before we've made those mistakes before in different companies hopefully they get that rectified maybe they did at the recent tapings who knows but let's get her under a deal and let's focus on her because i do think she's someone that You know, you could break the longest reigning champion record with a talent like Deanna Parato and the way that she wrestles uh, lends itself to a lengthy title reign. So I think we could see it, and I hope we do.
1: And part of me kind of knew the direction they were going in because earlier in the night, um, they did have the gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for the knockouts uh, championship. Kylie Ray won that, and so when that happened, you kind of knew they weren't going to go in a face-to-face direction with her versus Jordan Grace. That they were going to go in a face heel dynamic, uh, between her and Diana Brazo. And we saw this week on Impact that they already have some really good chemistry, um, fighting against each other. So, you know, again, we'll see what happens. But and again, I feel like overall this event was a new chapter with Impact. I think one that fans appreciated, uh, one that, you know, it's still, there's still a lot to see now. It just feels like it's their ball to drop that they've had the momentum. They were able to capitalize on um, a lot of the, the um, uh, fans that were either coming back or brand new to the product. They doubted that. I mean, they were number one, trending trending on Twitter on on Saturday as well. So there was a huge social media presence um, and success for the company on that level, which, you know, trending number one worldwide you know i mean that that's uh, which they reminded important. us
2: during impact wrestling they, they used the phrase trending the worldwide time. more times than the rock has in a promo so that was that was fun um i don't know if you have a plan somewhere else but can i share some of the other numbers that, yeah, that came out no. of this event I'm, you know
1: i'm not the numbers person. i know
2: and i sent it to you too but i was like she's not gonna read this it's numbers uh but they're just amazing numbers like yeah um their Twitter engagement was, you know, just destroyed their single day record, which was Slammiversary in 2018. Um, nearly doubling it by, by the amount of engagement that they had. Um, you know, they kicked the day off by the, the announcement of the good brothers coming in. And then, of course, you know, tweet showcasing the Motor Machines, Motor City Machine Guns return, as well as Yana Parada's title win, uh, are their sixth and fifth, fifth and sixth best tweets ever. In terms of engagement, their Instagram jumped 172% in one day, beating the hard to kill, uh, which they did in January, of course. Um, the biggest posts there were Eric Young's return, as well as the debut of Heath, whatever name they give him. And this is what really strikes me. Um, Impact Wrestling's YouTube channel is actually the second most subscribed to wrestling account in all of YouTube, which, of course, is behind WWE, uh, which is really surprising. And they added... Over a hundred thousand new YouTube subscribers during the last month. And that to me is just, YouTube is, is an underrated avenue for wrestling and WWE puts so much focus on it. To add a hundred thousand new subscribers in a month for impact wrestling, that's a 20% rise. That's huge for them to, to do that in a month. So I think it's, uh, I think it's great. Plus they're, they're doing better on Twitch and Access TV. And, and, you know, of course, uh, in October, they're going to have Bound for Glory. So just a lot of really good things that came out of this. And that is a testament to the build that you were talking about. Uh, taking advantage, look, WWE released a bunch of people. When Impact Wrestling went all in on it, they took advantage of it. They paid it off with the stars they brought in. They didn't only bring back former Impact Wrestling stars. You got Heath Slater. Uh, you've got, you know, Carl Anderson in, in the company for the first time. Uh, they even, you know, on Tuesday... Debut Brian Myers. Ooh. Debut Brian Myers. Um,
1: yeah. I, and they're already that,
2: playing the anti-WB card with him. Well, that's not going to work out. But all the other ones are very exciting. Yeah. And I think they're going to be no, great. I especially easy
1: that made That made the most sense to, you know, to be honest. I feel like uh that that he wasn't going to go to aw uh like i don't think he was just well known or popular enough i do feel like with aw there's always a little bit of a popularity contest um that the the more yeah. popular you are in some it's also level, real
2: if- crowded
1: at yes yeah so yeah. you know hey, good, good for for him i didn't mention sleep uh heats later. That's kind of one of my negatives on this is that I I don't like the way that they've introduced. Well, I like the way that they introduced him. I don't like the follow up that they've been doing because it's the same shit that we've been watching for years with him. And I want to see something different. So that was a downside for me on this. Um, and they continued that on Tuesday. So you know, I trust. Yeah. I've watched it. N- nothing new or exciting to me about him. You know, but here's the uh, thing, it's good though. That,
2: like. Is Heath a one-trick pony? Like, is that really all he does well? I mean, even in the Nexus, he was kind of that character. And then you go into Three-Man Band, he was kind of that character. And then, of course, with what followed, with the pairing with Rhino, like, this is what Heath does, and this is what got Heath over. It's kind of like Zack Ryder. Like, this is what Zack Ryder does, and Zack Ryder's going back to what Zack Ryder does well. It, it just, yeah, I don't know what else you could do. I don't know that Heath Slater has anything else to do, to offer. Maybe. I
1: is it? I mean, but then do you sign him? I don't know. Like, I is it, to me, then I wonder yeah. is it worth the investment?
2: I mean, he's over. What I'd be interested to find out did they sign him before or after his appearance on Raw? Mm. Like, did the reaction to the appearance on Raw cause this last minute decision to sign? You know, somebody get Dave Melcher, Dave Melcher, make something up so we can talk about it. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> so something up please so make something up about when it, when he when he's Miller
2: Heath Miller Heath whatever they're gonna call him. I hate that they're only calling him Heath. Like give the guy a last name, please.
1: Yeah, he's not like a not like Heath. When I think of that, it's like a Heath Bar. I, like I
2: mean, bar. let's be honest, like like I know we joke about the sound bites or whatever. There are still some I can play. Heath sounds an awful lot like. Watch out for Keith. Like I may have to make a watch out for Heath soundbite if they continue down the road they are with Heath Slater, Heath Miller, Heath whatever. I, I
1: think you should just do it just in case. Like I just at this point you might <laughs> Watch as out well. for Heath. Watch out for Keith. Heath.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll get it. We'll work on it. Yeah. I'll get Patrick on it. We'll
1: get, we'll get Patrick on it. Yes. So before we get into our next topic, though, uh, we got to we got to pay some bills, don't we? I mean, this these, these lights don't show, you know, turn on all by themselves.
0: I mean, they no, do this in I mean,
2: house, you so. flip a switch. But yeah, we do got to pay yeah. some bills.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out Cheshire.com, Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore everything progressing. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chairshot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net.
2: This is Greg DeMarco, and whether you love me or you hate me, you love wrestling. And we share that, and we can share that together by logging in and watching wrestling at powerslam.tv. Now, don't take it from me. Go ahead and listen to these guys, and then I'll
0: tell you about the deal on the other side. PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only five ninety nine dollars per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.
2: That's over 150 of your favorite promotions found exclusively at powerslam.tv. So go to powerslam.tv and you'll get a free week. But if you use the promo code Chairshot, you will get a free month. Now a month is is only six bucks but why not try it out and see if you like it first and do it on us go to powerslam.tv promo code chair get your free month again that's powerslam.tv promo code chair powerslam.tv promo code chair shot
1: lucha-masks.com by pro wrestling revolution bringing you in partnership with Mask republic
0: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
1: All right. And we are back. Wow, Greg, you talked and your mouth didn't move.
2: It's magic. It's magic. magic
1: absolute magic magic so speaking of movie magic uh i had to talk about the other bookend of this weekend uh, do we have it, to
2: do i mean yeah. it's your show so i know we have to but
1: it, we, i'm just uh, making a statement by
2: asking the question do we have to
1: we did talk a little bit more in depth about this show extreme Rules, on the greg DeMarco show so you can go uh and listen to that in-depth analysis we are not doing in depth i'm only talking about two matches Because these are the two matches that I think really defined this show. Now, I got to admit, so in full honesty, I finished Extreme Rules feeling dumber than when I came in to watch it. I was exhausted. I was like, I can't watch anything more. I feel like I'm dumber because I just spent that much amount of time watching a whole lot of things that just didn't quite make sense to me. And I understand it. it's professional wrestling, it's a suspension of disbelief, it's the horror show, all of that. But I think out of this weekend there was two matches from Extreme rules that had everybody talking. One in a pretty positive way, uh, overall. Uh the other one was the shit show. I mean, not the horror show, the shit Absolute show. Absolute
2: shit show. Not our shit and show, not, which is a good shit not show.
1: Not the good shit show. The bad yeah. Shit show. There's good shit shows and bad shit shows. That was, a, was bad a bad shit
2: show. Shit show. Yes.
1: So I got to talk about the Swamp Match. It, you know, if it's a cinematic match, your girl's going to talk about it because I love cinematic matches. And the Swamp Match between Bray Wyatt. The Swamp uh, Fight
2: for The Swamp, the swamp fight. fight. Can't call it a match, I guess. I don't know. Swamp Fight.
1: That's true. It's, Although the Boneyard the match fight. was
2: a match, it was a Boneyard match.
1: I'm asking for consistency, WWE. Like for I, I, I will suspend my disbelief for whatever for or whatever you need me to just add consistency to it i i need consistency in order to, just to suspend my disbelief that's I'm, just the one thing i'm asking for you gosh so you had bray wyatt braun strowman uh i believe it was for the uh no wasn't it non, non-title i guess non-title
2: was- swamp fight yes
1: night title yeah let's see they should have really emphasized the non, non-title swamp fight non-title swamp fight non-title swamp fight say that
2: yeah that comes out harder than you would think but it does yeah non-title swamp fight
1: non is that yes um so anyways it was it was a cinematic match all based uh around ray wyatt really going back to his original wyatt family character that was a big basis of this really revisiting um Braun's origins with the Wyatt family. They did that through promos uh, and vignettes over the past few weeks. And really, this was the whole basis of the fight. Um, They uh, arrive. Well, Braun arrives. Bray was there in his rocking chair. Um, Braun approaches him and the lights go out, even though they're outside. So I don't know how that works. Suspension Um, of disbelief yet again. Yeah, suspended disbelief. Damn it. And then the, the lights reappear out in the wilderness and uh, Bray Wyatt is gone. So Braun Strowman then goes around to find him. He gets uh, confronted by some henchmen. I want to just like, they're not really henchmen, but they're not really family. I don't know. By, by some, some guys. Some guys come up to him. Uh, he beats them up. Um, he gets hit with a... well. No,
2: Definitely not Luke remember. Harper and Eric Rowan. Definitely not Luke no, Harper not, and Eric Not Rowan. them. Yes. No.
1: I'm trying to remember the fire part. The fire part was after, before he gets hit with the shovel.
2: <sighs> Shit, I can't I'm remember.
1: I want to say, did he get hit with the shovel? Then he's the chained the to is the after chair. Him. And then, yeah, yeah, he wakes up and, he, and he he's chained to the chair. Fire. Yeah. yeah, someone was asking, like... What? <laughs> Before I even described the match, they're like, no one caught on fire, right? I was like, well, hey. actually, someone um. actually caught on fire. So they didn't even know the context of the match, but they already knew to ask. Did someone get on fire on this match? And the answer is is yeah. Was this
2: a wrestling fan or not a wrestling Like that's kind of funny.
1: Not a wrestling, yeah, not a wrestling fan. So that's why I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing.
2: I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't.
1: I don't. It was that predictable. But again, overall, this was a, a cinematic a match at its core, really exploring the the Wyatt family and Bray Wyatt's previous character. I really loved that that whole scene in the shed where uh, Braun is chained to this chair and Bray's really explaining how all of his personalities intertwined. To me, it was just like a movie monologue, you know, explaining how him. Uh, and, and the white family Bray and the fiend and, and, you know, uh, the Firefly five foot house Bray Wyatt, all are all part of the same person and that this Wyatt family uh, Bray was able to be re-released because of the other personalities. I thought it was just really good dialogue and he delivered it so well. It is every time he does these types of vignettes and matches and storytelling, I, I'm learning more about a person, a character, in a way that I don't think I've ever learned about any other professional wrestler ever. And I think it's because no one has ever been presented this way either. So you get to learn more about his depths and his personality, but just the layers to his his character. Um, what like is, what were some of your favorite parts about this match in particular?
2: Well, I definitely want to talk about the monologue because that is. Look, for everything WWE has done wrong, and it's funny to say this now after the complaints that people had over the past two years, that Bray Wyatt, long term, they've actually gotten right. And for a while, we thought they didn't, right? We thought they were Mm going to screw Bray Wyatt up and all this other stuff, but they've stayed the course, we've given them time, and they really get it right. And all of his best work has been long monologue promos, like going back to the John Cena feud. Like, when, when you just give Bray Wyatt a microphone, let him talk, like... He's, he draws people in. He sucks them in. He used to have, you know, he used to sing. He's got the whole world in his hands during his promos. And he really did. And mm-hmm. and that's where he is now. And when he adopts the original Bray Wyatt persona, I think he does some of his best promo work. Uh, maybe not his best entering work. That probably comes as The Fiend. But it's just amazing what he's been able to do in in that realm. I did love that, that scene, um, especially with Braun Strowman being chained the rocking chair of all things like could he not break out of that he probably could right that's um,
1: exactly what i was thinking but suspending. suspending exactly
2: i you know that and of course the actual swamp fight like when they were fighting in the swamp um i was trying to figure out like did they go to a swamp did they set this up somehow did they stage it like i was trying to I, you know the the producer in me came out i was trying to figure out how they did it um And the ending, which we talked about on the Greg DeMarco show, like I was working while watching this, uh, the first time, um, doing website work, you know, chairshot.com labor of love back here. But I thought I missed the finish when, when the credits thing came up and, and Braun said it was over. And I was like, Oh, I thought, I thought Bray won. So I had to go back and watch it whatever. I'm like, Nope. And so then I kept watching. Then I realized, no, the finish came afterwards. Um, but you kind of figured I figured I assumed the fiend, the Fiend was going to show up and just like you did at the Firefly Funhouse match at, at the end of that. Uh, and I think it makes sense for the Fiend to show up. I think we, we're getting more answers to the question of who's in control. Is the Fiend in control of Bray or is Bray in control of the Fiend? I really think Bray is now fully in control of the Fiend. Uh so I really like that. And you know, the the throwback to the whole teaming with Alexa Bliss was just another stroke of brilliance. Um when you thought you were gonna see Sister Abigail, but it was actually Alexa Bliss, and he was being used to or she was being used to taunt Braun Strowman. Two things of that, number one, um, I thought that was a story that they just never ran with that they probably should have run with. Like you got this big unstoppable monster in braun Strowman, and the only person who could tame him is alexa bliss like that is brilliant story written all over that they never explored and so to bring it back here was good plus it's just a great swerve for the fans who thought they were going to see sister abigail um i still think people are dumb thinking that alexa bliss is sister abigail like i said on the great demarco show it's not it's just the way that that bray used what braun loved against him uh, just a great bit of storytelling for an amazing storytelling well, of a match. overall. And
1: I think even of itself, now we're getting a better understanding of what sister Abigail is, is that sister Abigail is not necessarily a person. It is, you know, what maybe she transforms herself to be. Um, so there's also just like a lot of poor mystical, uh, paranormal elements to this that me like one of my favorite movie genres is horror movies I love horror movies so all of the little things that they did that were odes to horror movies and these types of genres to me were very very cool I liked that a lot and this was the perfect setup for it um and yeah I I, I I agree about being able to draw some other elements. And I think that's part of the beauty of Bray Wyatt and the things that he does. He pulls elements out of his opponents, whether it's fear, whether it's disappointment, whether it's some kind of, you know, it's whatever it is. That's why I really loved the Firefly Funhouse with John Cena. Cause there were so many things that, that played upon John Cena's maybe insecurities or regrets or those types of things. And they did it with Braun Strowman in a way that still, that made sense for him because he is a monster, you know, but they tackled the, the one weakness that he has. So there was a lot of just creativity in this that I, I really enjoyed as a fan. And I felt like was just the highlight of extreme rules. Now <sighs> I have to call myself before I talk about this match because I talked about it a lot. Talked about it with you, talked about it with other people, because this is just something else. So the eye for an eye match between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins. I have been, I liked the storytelling of this. I This was one of the segments of Raw that I've actually enjoyed over the past few months, even one of the long-term storytelling that WWE has been consistent on, um, you know, just the back and forth between Seth and Ray, and this idea of, you know, damaging Ray's eye then going back and trying to damage, you know, Seth's eye, all of that. And when I heard about this match, I surely thought, they're going to have to do with cinematic, right? Because the rules stipulated in order for someone to win, you had to extract your opponent's eye verbatim, extract your opponent's eye. So how do you then decide to go with just a wrestling match? When this truly, I mean, this was one of the things they touted as part of being the horror show a show that you know you have this eye for an eye match and the fact that they did not go cinematic with that at all was very surprising and I don't know maybe they ran out of time for whatever reason they decided not to go in that direction and the match itself was good you know it was really good wrestling match between Ray and Seth but it was not billed as a wrestling match and the reason that I bring this up because there was a match I didn't talk about during Slammiversary and it was one that I don't think got a lot of recognition or credit. It was built together pretty quickly but when I look at it I imagine that is what the eye uh, for an eye should have been and this is Moose versus Tommy Dreamer. Um, this was for the TNA World Championship uh, belt. Tommy Dreamer confronted Moose uh several weeks ago and it built up to this match now they actually wrestled in a a old school rules match which that wasn't announced it just came up it just happened and an old school match ended up becoming a hardcore match which whatever that's fine but the fact that it was actually a very aggressive hardcore match and i didn't get that sense at all from two men who are literally trying to pull the other's eye out it just baffled me the decision making behind this and one of my favorite moments from the Moose versus Tommy Dreamer match was when Moose shoved Tommy Dreamer's face into a floor almost full of thumbtacks the visual and and there was some really good cinematography there and I don't know if it was timing or luck or maybe a little bit of both with that close-up of Tommy Dreamer's face just Literally inches away from thumbtacks. That is what I would have imagined for the eye versus uh, eye for an eye match. You know, some good close-up shots or shots in which you really see the other person attacking the face. Bi, the and the fact that we really didn't get that just it surprised me. But it didn't surprise me. It, it surprised me because of the fact that the way that it was built up, it's WWE. They have all the resources available to them, and the fact that they did such a good match with the Swamp Fight that. I'm, I don't know why. It's also WWE. Sometimes they do things without explanation that just baffle me as, as a fan. Um, and you wonder why they go with this type of stipulation in, in the first place. Why didn't they go for something else? Maybe why didn't they decide to do more of a hardcore match? Um, who knows? I, I understand that that's probably you know pretty brutal to both men's bodies. But the fact that it was treated as more of a wrestling match than a hardcore match after all of the buildup of literally, you know, trying to take out someone's eye. Like, it just, I just, ooh, I just do, I do not know.
2: It was stupid. I mean, it was just, just just, completely stupid. It was doomed from the day they made the announcement, from the day they had Kevin Owens. By the way, Kevin Owens announcing the match, and that has nothing to do with it afterwards, is, is a whole another oversight. But the, the whole thing was just so stupid. And I don't think it had to be a cinematic match. I think it'd be a cinematic finish. I think you could have brawled to the back, and then you know somewhere in a conference room had a fight. It's funny too because you think of an eye for an eye match. Like remember the the Rock and Mankind in the empty arena match, and when Mankind lowered the the forklift on the Rock. I can't remember if you saw it from the perspective of the Rock seeing the forklift come down. You did, you did,
1: because well, you saw it where like you from could the Rock's point him. of view. Yeah, you saw both. So yeah, you, you saw the forklift's point of view so too.
2: Weak. Right? Coming down towards the rock. Oh, like man. Could you imagine seeing sweet. like, you know, Seth it. Rollins or Rey Mysterio's point of view when the other one is like using some kind of scalpel or a spoon and you see the spoon coming at the eye, like from the perspective of the eye. Like that is the kind of cinematic storytelling I expected in this match, at least for the finish. And instead it was like a painted up ping pong ball or something. Like it just
1: Oh yeah didn't it it
2: looked and it's like and we never even saw like how how did I really come out we just you know next thing you know raising pain and Seth's throwing up and and it's just and he's holding what's obviously a fake eyeball against his head
1: yeah
2: and it just you're
1: a billion dollar company invest in a fake eye like that like you are a billion dollar company. It probably was you a could,
2: fake eye. It probably wasn't a ping pong ball. Doesn't matter though. Like, you just, you didn't it wasn't use makeup. A good quality no, because they, was there a fake was, eye, they didn't like, put, you know, fake blood good around makeup it. Could yeah.
1: Something like, oh. You have I just, all these makeup artists. Can't.
2: You have, it I was just. Can't. You just shouldn't have done it. Like, if you were going to do this, you shouldn't have done it at all. Or you should have gone cinematic. Hell, they could have turned the damn thing into a cartoon. I think it would have been better than what they did. Like, that's how bad it was in the end. And two of their most talented performers, a legendary performer in Rey Mysterio, and someone who will go down in history as a legendary performer in Seth Rollins. And man, this is a low point in both of their careers. And, you know, someday... During a Hall of Fame acceptance speech, when, when Seth Rollins is, is going over all of his accolades, he'll be like, but I did do an eye for an eye match. So that's, yeah, it's just not a, that's a thing. not a good moment. And they'd be best to pretend it never happened.
1: Yes. Well, and speaking of, you know, you mentioned contracts earlier at Impact. Right now, um, it is speculated that Rey Mysterio is currently wrestling without a contract with WWE. So it did make sense that if they were to decide to pull him off TV, you know, they would need to do it for, you know, uh, an amount of time. Who knows? Um, So it was a way to write him off. But the fact that this was the way that they decided to do that, I, I just, it just... So many things about this that still just are very hard to, to process. And we also live in a world where the fact, I mean, really, at the end of this weekend, more people thought that Slammiversary was a better show. An impact product was better than WWE. And, again, we live in 2020. It's a crazy time. Um, but, again, for me, and and the fact that I'm even comparing it to Moose and Tommy Dreamer still is something that, to me, is surprising. Trust me. However, I just feel like just the subtleties in that match could have been implemented with Seth and Ray to make it more believable. And that's really even the little subtle things or the way that they even got into this match and treated it less like a wrestling match and more as a grudge or a fight or something. I think could have helped salvage salvage. I mean, it was overall a good wrestling match. And you talk about the ending too. I mean, I don't know if anyone really knew what was going to happen, how that was going to come together, but yeah, the way that it did, it, it lives in infamy now, you know, it's pictures all over the internet about this little plastic eyeball. It reminds me, of the like the little vending machines, the little like uh, twenty five cent machines, and it's like a little eyeball keychain. I think I remember having one of those. Like, you
2: probably did. Yeah, a
1: little, yeah, a little uh, You know, just a plastic eyeball that's on a keychain. That's what it reminded me of.
2: I think that would have looked better than what they used. Like it looked, it literally looked like a painted ping pong ball. Like it was so yeah. bad. And the sad thing is, is it actually took away from the match because the whole time I watched the match, and I was just like how are they going to do this? Like literally that's, I was just like, how like, even when they were going after the eye and they were using the steps and everything, I'm just like, but how are they going to do this? And, and I was like, there's no good way to do this. And they proved everybody right. Cause there was no good way yeah. to do it. And it was horrible in the end. And it took away from what could have been a good match. And you could have picked any stipulation, any stipulation you wanted. And this is what you went with. And then you just, and you're right. Like maybe they had a different plan. Maybe it was going to be cinematic. And, you know, we know about all the issues they had with the COVID tests and, and tapings were delayed and all that. Maybe, maybe they got back into a corner and realized, shit, we got to just do something else. And maybe this wasn't the original plan. Who knows? Um, man, just bad though. Just a bad look.
1: I am kind of disappointed, uh, that, Ray lost because I do think Seth Rollins would have looked kind of cool with an eye patch.
2: Not just that, but then you have two partially blind people fighting each other. That would have made the blindfold match make so much more sense at SummerSlam if that's direction. That's the direction they go in. uh, At this point, you might as well like you've already jumped the shark with an eye for an eye match. Go full blindfold match. Go back to WrestleMania. Let let's you know I'm sure Rick Martel's available. Jake Roberts works for AEW, so whatever. But Man just just you you went this far in into the realm of terribleness just keep going just keep going just
1: keep keep going you know and we know cuz we put on shit shows every so often so we, do. we we know when sometimes there's no point of return There's a difference the
2: though TV. than then then what we oh, no. do yeah, our There's shit a big difference shows, you know Yeah we're good at yeah. it we're good we're at good it We're good at our They're shit not shows we're They're entertaining
1: we're we actually put that
2: our shit shows yeah, i just hit my microphone though. there
1: you go yeah. yeah see you feel it you feel it there's an energy i can't explain it i don't always know when the clap is gonna like come, but it does so you know
2: i felt good about the last one like i, I yeah. i've already shown improvement yeah. i'm not there yet yeah. Yeah. i'm not no. there yet i got a ways to go and, and it's a marathon not a sprint but I, i'm gonna get there i'm confident uh, i believe in myself you should i do
1: uh, every day kiddo every day <laughs> Well, I feel like we've, we've really touched on a lot of things that happened this past weekend. Hey, you know, it's still glorious time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, so I think it's good. to We're going to close the chapter uh, on this past weekend, Impact Wrestling WWE. You uh, know, we'll keep on watching these products and these shows to let all of you know our thoughts and opinions. So with that, another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show in the books. Thank you so much for listening and watching to the show. Don't forget to go to thechairshot.com for all your wrestling news analysis and opinions.
0: Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
1: Follow the Chairshot shot uh, at uh, Chair shot Media on social media. Me, the uh, hashtag Miranda on Facebook and Instagram. Greg. Chair Greg on all forms of social media. And uh, yeah, uh, as you're listening to this, make sure you rate, review and subscribe. Uh Do all of the, the good things out there in the world, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's still some tough times. Uh, many of you are still at home, maybe working from home, having, you know, family stuck at home during this time. So we hope that you enjoyed this show as a way to, you know, do a little escape or just to uh, have some people share their random thoughts on the world of professional wrestling we will be back next week so make sure you stay tuned and don't forget to always keep it soft style
0: it's boss time 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 time. time in brooklyn